wonderful friend of mine. I could sing his praises. He has saved me from so much crap. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to introduce you to Nathan Blouse. And we've been kind of doing life for a while as friends across uh, across the miles. Nathan is a gift to the body. And he did, as he as he says, he kind of flies under the radar. But I really wanted to introduce those of you who don't know him to you. And I also wanted, you know, the ones who know him are like, yeah, Nate. So to know Nate is to love Nate. So welcome, Nate. We're so glad to have you. It's good to be here, Catherine. Thank you. Awesome. So I'm going to read his bio, just yeah, kind of sort of have a formal, more formal thing, and then we'll kind of launch into the more fun stuff. But Nathan Blouse currently resides in Argyle, Texas a northern suburb of Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex with his wife, Corey, and three children, Gabe, Faith, and Bella. He is part of a local network of churches called, is it O2? O2, O2. Oxygen uh, Breathing. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay, I get it. Uh, he's been uh, from coast to coast doing corporate church, church teaching and preaching on supernatural mind renewal. And I'll probably have you let people know what that is. With group healing times to follow, numbering into the thousands, he, he has and is currently reproducing himself by training people to do the supernatural mind renewal work that he does. He has people using his methodology across the country and I'll probably leave it here. Former pastor, you've been around the block when it comes to ministering. You've done, wow, a lot. So, hi. I'm so glad to have you hey. on. We had to really work to get the timing, and we did it. I'm so excited. So We did, right? I know, right? It just takes a bit with the busyness of life and what, what we got going on. I did read about the supernatural mind renewal, and Nate, you want, might want to explain a little bit about what that is. You train me in that and yeah. all of that. So yeah. Amazing so, methodology. Well, again, I just want to say uh, that it's an honor to, to be a part of this your group uh it's taken a number of of attempts to to (laughs) to get this together that's not on your end that's on my end but uh yeah the ministry that i have in particular right now is called the safe place and we we call it that for a reason because if you don't feel safe then you can't be vulnerable if you can't be vulnerable then you can't be open and in that then God can't get into those places that are hurt. You know, the, uh, the Bible says that, uh, uh, the word of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. And we know in the new covenant that he is the word and that he resides in us. And so it's finding ways to heal those areas in our hearts and our minds that keep us from feeling safe inside first, but also in that healing process, finding Jesus inside in ways that will truly make us feel safe and secure. So that's kind of the ministry in that regard in a nutshell. So talking about supernatural mind renewal, 
that's really what I believe our process is, the process that you use. Everything goes by various names, but I, uh, I like to call the whole process supernatural mind renewal because, and I know this is a onion skin. It's not really in context to the passage per se, but you know, when you look at Romans 12, 2, and it says that be not conformed to the pattern of this world or depending on your translation, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to know what God's good, pleasing and perfect will is. So it's interesting. Everybody wants to know what God's good, pleasing and perfect will is, but they're not willing to allow themselves to go under his medical surgery, if you will, yeah. uh, to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said that, you know, the way I look at that in terms of what I do, even what you do uh, when you're one-on-one with people in this regard, is that people, that idea of being conformed to the world, that's kind of a big concept. But if you dial it down into individuals' lives, then you're talking about the, the conformity to the origins of how we grew up. You know, you have your family of origin, you have your church of origin. Uh, or not a church of origin. You have your school system of relationships of origin that you grew up in. There's all these spheres of origin that lay the foundation, particularly from when we're about, you know, really birth, uh, to 12 years old. Cause during that time, your, your mind is in a mode where everything is printing in. You're kind of like a blank slate being filled up, not just with information, but the the experiences that govern that information and your perspectives of those uh, experiences. And that is what creates your worldview. That's what creates uh, your perspectives about your relationships. And another picture, not quite accurate, but it's kind of like for 12 years, you have wet cement being poured into the foundation of your life. And then that starts setting up over time until you get into your early to mid-20s. To draw it back to what we were saying uh, about the the experiences in those areas and those orientations, those experiences go in to us with memories and pictures and, and images. And so when that gets laid, then you developmentally start building the house on what got laid. And so a lot of times when we get into adult living and it doesn't happen till then, uh, we get into a present situation and it triggers something from our past. So you walk into a, you walk into an elevator and the doors close and all of a sudden you start hyperventilating or you feel this anxiety kind of go across you. Well, we sit down and we, with partnership with Jesus, we dial back into those places where that comes from. That's obviously not in your present. So you dial back in and like in one scenario I had, um, the situation was as such that this kid was with his brothers and they were out at the beach and they, they buried him in the sand up to his neck and then mom yelled for lunch or something and they all went running off and left him there. Uh, so that inability to feel uh, in control and move, uh, for whatever reasons linked to the elevator situations. So there's those kind of things that 
are part of our be not conformed to the world or our world in specific, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There is really your mind, will and emotions. It's not just that word mind. And so transformed there also, uh, many of us know uh, that are in this world that transformation there is is the word metamorph- metamorphosis, metamorphosis in the Greek. And it is literally going from one being to another being. Genetically, we think of a caterpillar to a butterfly. Um, but what we don't realize a lot of us is that when it gets in that chrysalis, literally the genetic structure of the caterpillar turns into a, a, a genetic goo, uh, if you will. And there are these latent cells called imaginable cells, which that may be for another time, but, um, they literally can image into whatever blueprint genetically is on the hard drive. And then that blueprint is that butterfly. And so it is a complete rendering of that, which was what, what they were walking in of ill effect and coming out literally completely genetically new. And so when you look at it that way, it begins to make sense that there are these places in our family of origin, in our, schools that we grew up in and our, our church situations and our neighborhoods that print a genetic kind of way of living and doing things in terms of beliefs and mindsets uh, that we have about ourselves that end up in those genetics, which really show up in those memories that your mind captures in experience because you're the the emotional heart of you is experiential. And so that is where we live out of when push comes to shove. And a lot of times everybody doesn't see that. Your spouse will see it. Your children will right. see it. You know, I, I tell people sometimes, you know, everybody looks real spiritual until I talk to their spouse and their kids. <laughs> right. Um, and so, so the transformation there in us. Mm-hmm. Well, that physical transformation, God gave us that picture. There's a soulish to spiritual transformation. We know it's salvation. God's spirit interfaces with our spirit perfectly, and we're awakened to his presence. Uh, so the spirit part of us is totally transformed. We have this soul that, you know, fancy term is called sanctification, and it's just this process of us becoming more like him uh, each and every day. And I find that, you know, Isaiah 61, 1 and Luke 4, 18, both pretty much the same. There's a mission that Jesus was on. And that mission was to bind the brokenhearted. There's five things there, but the one in particular we're talking about is binding the broken heart. Mm-hmm. And if you look up, both of those renderings, mm-hmm. um, basically there's, there's all kinds of amazing nuances, but you'll, when you boil it down, it's Jesus has come to bring to wholeness the cracked, broken, shattered, trampled, uh, in the Greek, that's where we get our word traumatized, mm-hmm. uh, soul, the right. mind, the will, and the emotions. Uh, literally, uh, the Greek there renders the, the picture of a path that's been used so many times that it's so worn that the, oh, wow. the earth itself is 
matted down to the point where nothing could grow in it if it wanted to. Wow. That's um, a picture. And so you have, yeah. So you have all these nuances mm-hmm. of, of brokenness and different degrees mm-hmm. and measures. And it's interesting because Jesus says, that's my mission. Right. Uh, my mission is these five things. And we get to partner with him in that mission, but he's the one that's got to do it. And so when we sit down and we do these one-on-ones together, um, you know, he has, by his spirit, he has to come and he has to meet people in these places. And when he does, that's the transformation. Exactly. You know, so, so, you know, I, I tell people, you know, counseling is like this. Picture these, picture my two fingers as solid arrows pointing at each other. I'm Mm -hmm. talking to you and you're talking to me. And when I present this, I am in no way critiquing or criticizing any one of the methodologies that I'm talking about. I'm just, I'm just stressing the differences here Mm -hmm. because all of them are beneficial in their own way. Um, So, so normal counseling, as I know it is, we've got this person that's supposed to, or should be uh, an expert in the investments and time they've taken to learn you know, the human mind and how to work with people. And some people specialize in certain things beyond just general practice, but it's basically us talking to each other. And hopefully this person can help me. And most of the time there is that help Christian counseling. I do this. And that is, is that we are still the solid arrows pointed at each other interacting. And I'm hoping that this counselor is hearing from God. So the dotted arrow pointing up is my thumb towards God. And I'm hoping that as he hears from God, my dotted arrow connected to God is is that God's engaging me as well, which again, has its own place and is very beneficial. Uh, What we do in these sessions is we kind of turn the whole thing on its head and it, it does this. And that is, even if we are talking a bit more than we're praying Mm -hmm. us talking is dotted lines towards each other. The Mm -hmm. solid lines are, and the reason I flip it is because I'm still there. You're still there, but Jesus is fully at the center of it, leading, directing, guiding, counseling. And these are then the solid arrows that God is talking to me. Yep. God's talking to me. And so then he's talking to you. And then you're talking to me about what God's talking about. And then I'm talking to you long enough so that I can ask God more questions and he can direct things. And so it's this wonderful triangle of communication where he is directly at the center of it and is very clear and it's very directive. So with that, it's supernatural. All that that I just laid out was to get to that place of saying it's truly supernatural because God is answering the questions. God is leading us to the specific issues and places in your heart that you would have otherwise forgot about or left to the wayside, but God, mm-hmm. but they're in there. Right. Your heart never forgets anything. And so God takes us on a journey. Literally, we, we invoke him as the counselor and we, we ask him to lead us. We ask him to direct us and we ask him to bring up those things in us that he needs to transform. And the beauty of it is once he transforms it, it never goes back to what it was. And people have an honest shot at really changing in those core places that have been defining them and driving them. And so 
The reason we call it supernatural mind renewal is simply that God is at the center of it. And Mm -hmm. if he doesn't supernaturally show up, you know, nothing changes. Um, I'm reminded of the scripture where it says, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. And with that, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. A lot of people forget that truth part uh, and they just go, you know, he will make us free. And or they look at truth as what they can ingest in terms of their their mental capacities, oh, their mm-hmm. what I call their head voice. Mm-hmm. And uh, the truth here is gnosko. It's an experiential truth. Mm-hmm. And so, again, that ties into this whole process that I can know what my problems are and I can find every scripture that goes with those problems and I can quote them to myself and I can memorize them and I can yeah. declare them when I'm struggling with right. it. But that's all coming out of the head voice, the mind part of me. It's not transforming you. Right. So and you're kind of confessing it till your confessor drops off, but nothing, nothing's changing. And you're right. frustrated because you really just like, that's true. Of course it's true, but it's not experientially true in your heart, which is where it counts. Yeah. And this that's is so where, good. And, and that, yeah. And that, and that's where we need Jesus who is truth. Yeah. To show up by his spirit, which is the spirit of truth. And, and these renderings of truth here aren't the mental gymnastics of memorizing and understanding cognitively. This is literally experiencing Jesus as truth in those places of pain and those places of torment. A lot of times when we talk about these things, if somebody's watching, they think, well, you know, I didn't kill anybody. Nobody killed me. I haven't been molested (laughs) or raped, you know, none of this big stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's not about that. Again, that would be like the shattering I talked about earlier, but it's the cracks. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's it's the uh, it's the things that nobody sees but your spouse and your kids, you know. The blow ups when it should be, you know, a level one or two emotional situation and you're at a 20 mm-hmm. and, and your family's going, what the heck just happened here or uh, something of that nature. And so uh, or sometimes Jesus, it's just the noise that's in your mind and other people yeah. may not be tracking that, but it, you're you're not at peace. Right? right. And so something's off because that's that's your birthright. And so when we have all this stuff going on here and maybe. Maybe your your family is experiencing like the tip of the iceberg of what's really going on inside, but we you know but we're able to kind of hold it together enough to look good outside of that. But that's not life more abundant. That's not freedom, right? No, no, mm-hmm. it's not. And you know, again, Jesus is the truth. He's not handing us truth like it would be in a book that we give him. Mm-hmm. We're experiencing Jesus in His truth, and that changes our present experience from those origin places of conformity mm-hmm. and then when that's transformed we don't have I, I call them heavy emotions a lot of people say negative but i don't look at ne- uh, emotions as positive or negative i just mm-hmm. uh, because they're not moral i just see the emotions as heavy that's so good. you know that could be anger it could be disappointment it could be any kind of heavy emotions mm-hmm. But when we experience Jesus in the original place where they came in, and then in experiencing Jesus there, it releases. Now we have the next thing that Jesus is, which is peace. Yeah. You know, so in a whole nother light of this, 
another little lens here is, and, and it's a t- different take on on this scripture, uh, but it it, it 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 fits well. You know, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit leads Jesus to these places. And when we experience his truth in them, they come into right standing or his righteousness. And immediately after that, we immediately have his peace. And then the overflow of that as we walk life out can be his joy. And so while that's not the broader sense of that passage, it directly relates to the kingdom of God that he's creating in me. Absolutely. And why I do have peace in so many places, but then I get in this scenario and all the peace goes away. There's probably something that God needs to bring his truth, his right standing to in your heart and mind in that regard. So, right. And that, and that you're talking, Nate, is more about encounter, more experiential, experiencing the person of truth in that, that place of breakdown so that the truth that you probably know in your head to be true, it actually feels true in your emotional heart, as you would absolutely, And so yeah. now you're integrous, you're, you're yeah. whole, right? Because yeah, everything, right. everything's lined up just mm-hmm. like at a chiropractor, you know, and yeah. when everything gets lined up, right. And it's not, you even feel the release of that. Like there's some things my chiropractor does up in my shoulders and I feel literally feel the flush of that down into the arches of my feet. And so it's that kind of a thing is that, you know, when, when your head and heart line up, and, you know, I've heard ever since I was growing up, you know, you need to get this truth from your head to your heart. But because Jesus is in us and the heart is the clog point, we need to yeah. experience yeah. what you have in your head through Jesus in our heart. And it's actually not coming from your head to your heart. Then right. it's actually coming from your heart to your head. Yeah. And that's what people don't understand. They're looking for something out here to drop on them or for it to click here right and and the seat of jesus's experience with with us is Mm -hmm. christ in us the hope of glory and that's it he's he's in us and the seat of where he is in our spirit and it's manifested into our emotional heart yeah Yeah, it's life-changing it is and you know i mean and i can say this for the both of us we have done a lot of work in our with uh, helping one another in this aspect it has, I mean, that you have been such a conduit for such transformation. When I first met you, I was a train wreck. I mean, I really was. You can testify. You may not. I'm not saying it. a word. He's You're not saying fine. it, yeah. but I am. And honestly, it was, it wasn't like I was on crack. There were reasons for it. I was connecting with some yeah. real just trauma. So walking through it, it really works, but it does take work and you have to be willing to do the work, to get to the point where you're not running away from pain, but you're willing to go with Jesus into those places so that they can be detoxified. So it does take work. And I think a lot of people are kind of looking for a one and done, you know, pray over me, boogada, boogada. And it's it's a little bit like wave your magic wand. And this, these are, we call them prayer sessions. So prayer works, but it's more an engagement with a person of truth. And that takes some time because we have we just have so many lies and so many ways of being that do need to be set free that, you know, and that takes some bravery. It also takes some humility to actually like go to the places where I really don't have it together. Right. Sure. So Nate, you've been doing this for years, kind of what have almost you- 25 years. 
wow. in some way, shape or form. Right. So. Wow. <laughs> so you have seen so much transformation in people. And, and just to let you know, Nate does speak as well. You do itinerant speaking. So I'm just putting him on your calendar. Yeah. So the bigger platform here is, and I need to go back through, I guess I need to go back through my own information because I did pastor for a number of years. Mm -hmm. And in the church that I headed up back when I was in my mid twenties, we would get, I joke about it. We would get, uh, initially I was the on staff pastor and then I took it over for about three and a half years after the pastor that I'm good friends with left. But when I first got there, we would joke because everybody that was unhealthy would come into our church. Like literally the Baptist, the Baptist church that was like literally a half a mile up the street right. that we could literally see the steeple of the church. All, all the together families would be driving up there. And, uh, you know, the families that like couldn't make ends meet had duct taped their, 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 uh, the hood of their car onto their car. Um, the kids that were coming in, the high school kids, you know, to the point that my, my friend and I, we joked one day and said, you know, we pray and just ask God to bring somebody that to us that just needs to know him. Like, you know, um, you know, uh, and, uh, but that was, that was the real beginnings of us crying out to God for help, yeah. you know, yeah. and going on a journey with all the, these things. So as I pastored, Definitely. I mean, now, uh, not pastoring, but I, I, I oversee churches. I oversee ministries. You know, I mentor, I train people in doing what I do. I do seminars on emotional health, relationship building, um, the different dynamics with all of that. Definitely speak and teach as we're on this journey because I feel like my mandate with all of this is to partner with Jesus and finding the broken heart. And I don't think that you or I will be out of work anytime soon oh, no. because as our culture and our society continue to devolve, probably we're as broken and hurting a culture and a society as we've ever been. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, COVID bore that out, you know, I mean, in our circles, we were getting the reports back that suicides were up and yeah. uh, domestic violence and child abuse were up. Right. And, uh, you know, everybody was kind of quoting that mm -hmm. as the horror of COVID and all that. But there was just this something in my spirit that was beyond that. And, and I just one day I just started really weeping and I was like, God, I, I you know, what's going on? And, and I just began to be made aware that while. We were looking at the statistics. Nobody was, I'm sure people were, but what I was hearing mm -hmm. was not hearing people readily addressing the reality of the state of our country. Because if you're going to have this forced time off with your family and your, your wife or your husband, that should be the best thing on the planet. Like, right. that should be, that should be like Attention. a, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not allowed to work. Now I get, yeah, now I get to be home with my family right. and my spouse and we get to build relationship. We get to, and, and for a lot of people, it was that mm -hmm. way, but the mm -hmm. statistics show 
that for an overwhelming part of our country, it was not. And, and I begin to realize that when you stop all the busyness of someone's life, then everything they're running from catches up. And we have a whole generation of people that don't have skills to self-govern, don't have skills to communicate themselves, don't really even have an ability to emotionally understand who they are. And so all this stuff starts coming out because they actually are made to stop. Right. And they, they can't go golf. Some right. people were not even allowed to really go outside into a park and run. Right. Um, they can't get away from their spouses or their kids. Right. They can't um, medicate the way we medicate. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it was a real indictment and a real mm-hmm. heaviness in my heart that there is so much to do in yeah. terms of helping people relationally, emotionally, yeah. spiritually. You know? Right. And, so, yeah, in the broader sense, those are all the kind of things that I do. And, and in your own way, you obviously factor into that and what God's given you doing similar kinds of things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. I looked it up. This December 6th will literally be to the day eight years from when I met you. Oh wow! I met you. I met you and your whole crew. Yep. At Prayer Mountain. That's right. On February it was in December. 6, 2013. Yes, that was. A you had me in time. for one of your encounter weekends. I right? think it was, or exactly. something like that. And mm-hmm. that's that's where all this, uh, in terms of relationship, that's where all this began. So. Yeah. Oh my gosh! That's I just crazy. remember it was snowing <laughs> really bad, and we couldn't find where. Oh, that's right. That's all I remember. Yeah, I was I was trying to take you back to the house or something. You had to help me navigate. I had just gotten this brand new car. It was snowing so bad. I wasn't sure how the heat worked. It was so stupid. Anyway, yes, we've got stories. We have stories. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Wow. So uh, finding your heart voice, because you were kind of talking about that. You know, I think a lot of times people kind of look at you like a deer in the headlights, what's a heart voice? Can you tell a little more about that? Sure. Mm-hmm. So your soul, Paul says in First Thessalonians 5, 23, 22, he says, now may the God of peace himself mm-hmm. sanctify you completely, body, soul, and spirit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Mm-hmm. The reality in breaking that down practically for people to understand the way I say it is basically, you know, your mind, you have a head voice, you have a will or you have a a heart, mind, will, emotions. You have emotions, which I call your heart voice. And then you have a will, which I call your determinator. And so your heart voice talks to you. (laughs) Sorry. Your heart. Your heart voice talks to you and your head voice talks to you. And it's not like you're a split personality or anything like that. But I mean, some people, the way they're wired and put together, they really do. Once they, once they tap into this, they really do begin to realize that there are two different places that are 
some would say processing, but for the sake of clarity in the conversation, I say talk. You know, and scripture's full of, I mean, chock full of all kinds of references to the heart, the heart, the heart, the heart. Right. And in our culture, with our Greek background in terms of how we learn and study, we all we do head, 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 head. And that we do. that for my whole life has filled our churches, you know, yeah. uh, and, and, and that has its place. Mm-hmm. So again, right. this isn't, which it's is just better not or the worse. completion of it's just understanding. Are. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So here, here's the reality. God meets with us because he's real. He's relational. He meets with us in that experiential mm-hmm. heart voice of who mm-hmm. we are. And I'm sure it's not quite like this, but again, for the sake of the picture, you have a third of you that's head voice. You have a third of you that's your will. And you have a third of you that's your heart voice. Mm-hmm. And yet I'm now in my 50s and I never heard a message or a series of messages as I grew up. Mm-hmm. And even as I've gotten older on on the this third of your soul. Right. Right. So the idea that. God is going to meet with us here and change potentially what we willfully do and what we think. And yet there has been nothing about it. I mean, I had a mentor at one point that believed that emotions had no place in the kingdom of God. (laughs) Well, tell that to Jesus. He's pretty emotional. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. I mean, (laughs) Jesus came bringing the kingdom. And was emotional, but emotions don't have a place in, in oh. God's kingdom. And so never quite figured that out and let that sit on the shelf. Cause I just, I had no reference to right. understand that. And I still don't because it's just not truth. Right. So this process. So what happens is if, if we talk about that foundation that got laid inside of us, you know, we, we walk in the elevator. And the doors start to close and all of a sudden your heart voice starts talking to you. Hey, get the heck out of here. Right. We're going to die. Right. We're going to be out of control. This doesn't feel good. Now your head's going, Hey, listen, this elevator has never collapsed. It's not going to collapse while we're in it. Right. There's plenty of space in here. Mm-hmm. I can breathe fine. And your heart goes, I don't give a flying rat's Tuesday what you think. I am freaking out over here. Right, right. Danger, danger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So your head is always out front leading your heart. Mm-hmm. That's the way we're all wired. Yeah. Heads out front leading your heart. But there are these moments where your heart feels like it's getting squeezed and it pops out on its own. Ironically enough, and you're a medical doctor, so uh, background you can attest to this. I was reading an article one time on the heart and, and I found out that the heart has the same basic tissues to make decisions as the brain. It's got same mm-hmm. compositions, not exactly the same, mm-hmm. but it has the, these compositions in it where it can render choice mm-hmm. separate from the head. And it's the only other organ in the body that can do that. And so if that happens naturally, then we ought to begin to understand that just like in your natural body, you have this head voice that is always reasoning, is always communicating, and you've got this heart voice that's always reasoning, always communicating. The difference is 
Your head voice is two-dimensional. Your heart mm-hmm. voice is three-dimensional. Mm-hmm. By that, I mean your head voice thinks and your head voice processes. Mm-hmm. Your heart voice thinks and your heart voice processes. But the third div- dimension of this is your heart voice is emotional. Mm-hmm. It is yes. experiential. It is three-dimensional. Your head voice is only two-dimensional. It's yeah. extremely black and white. Right. So even when we talk about forgiving, right, your head mm-hmm. voice never needs to forgive. Your heart voice always needs to forget. <laughs> yeah. Right. And sometimes your head voice is trying to convince your heart voice that we can just leave well enough alone and get on down the road. Right. Where I see that show up more, more places than not is when I, uh, when I'm with somebody one on one or I feel the word prompting during corporate healing services to have people forgive God. Right. Because some people have this head voice background that goes, Mm -hmm. hey, we don't need to forgive God. God doesn't make mistakes. He's perfect. You need to knock this off. And your heart voice is going, I don't really care what you think of God. I'm really ticked (laughs) off with him right Right. now. And you you can just turn around Mm -hmm. and go the other direction. (laughs) And so. uh, But that that heart voice is actually a driver. Right. So it's driving things and we see the fruit of it when we have kind of these irrational responses to things, when we've got a a ton of noise inside, when we're having panic attacks, when we're having uh, strife with our spouse, you know, all this kind of stuff. Uh, It's, it's a driver so that that heart voice needs is valid and needs to be uh, taken into account. And a a lot of times needs to be healed. Yeah. And, and this is a, this is a significantly real thing because, uh, and I'm no neuroscience expert, but as I have studied this, you know, right off of the base of your, the base of your neck, you're heading into your brain. The brainstem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right past that is what, is what they call your limbic system. Right. It's the emotional and, brain. And that's where your, that's where your emotions are. Mm-hmm. And every electronic impulse has to pass through that system to get to the front of your head where the logical cognitive person that you are. are. Mm-hmm. So literally what we're talking about in the theory of this is explained and understanding that basic reality that when you go through things, when you sit in things, when things happen, everything going in electronically goes up through your nerves into that system and has to go through that system Mm -hmm. to get to your logic. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, we're we're not just making this stuff up, right? There is a scientific reality to how God created us that we, we, we both have a head voice and a heart voice. When I say both, I mean men and women, you know, but the bigger problem, the bigger problem here is, is that, you know, for my whole generation, whether it's church leadership, corporate leadership, we have focused on IQ, mm-hmm. which your intelligence is. We focused on personality mm-hmm. to understand, which that's needed. I mean, it, yeah. it definitely helps to understand right. who people are, or how they function. But those two things outside of a real trauma. Mm-hmm. to their lives, these things don't significantly change no matter how much time and energy you put into them. But your emotional intelligence, right? the ability to function because your heart is at peace, mm-hmm. that changes astronomically. Oh. 
you know, there are even corporate things going on now, not even referencing God. Right. Just learning how we're created. Sure. And and so corporately, corporations are realizing that if they get their executive teams to a healthier place emotionally, if they get their upper level management mm-hmm. to a healthier place emotionally, if they begin to help people be aware that, you know, while we may think emotions are for the weak and we may think that we need to chuck them away and compartmentalize them, it still does not help us to be productive. Absolutely. And so corporately, people are really pushing this EQ thing because if people can be more at peace, they're more productive, they're able to think clearer. They're creative, and, and, right? And mm-hmm. That really you know, came about in the early to mid nineties. And mm-hmm. now it's just, you know, I, I think we're, the wave is not peaking, but right. we're definitely yes. on it. Yeah. And the problem is, is the church still hasn't even gotten a surfboard. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, like, like I mean, everybody, we should be the everybody head, not the tail, right? The world, yes. Right? Everybody outside in the world is going, Oh wow, we got this wave we've got to catch. And right. You know, they're in it at whatever stages and the church is still going, why is everybody buying surfboards? Right. We're, we're like, we're, we're, we're people of faith. We don't need that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, and, and, and the problem with that is a lot of people who say they're people of faith are doing it out of the head voice of who they are, not exactly. the experiential part of who exactly. they are. And so you and I both not, you, you still sit in a seatbed of it. But, you know, I came out there for over three years, once a month to that seat of believe by faith. Right. And I would have people come in all the time and sit down with me and be like, well, I'm believing by faith and I'm declaring. And I'm like, how long have you been doing this? Well, 20 years. Well, (laughs) it's like, like, how's that working out for you? (laughs) Exactly. So uh, we're looking for fruit here. And, and, And then I would begin to say, maybe. Wherever two agree is touching any one thing, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you've got a head that's agreeing, but you, you know, I'm worthy. I'm worthy. I'm worthy. Right. Glory to God. Right. I'm worthy. All these scriptures. I'm worthy. Mm-hmm. I'm worthy of his blessing. I'm worthy of this. I'm worthy of that. And their heart is going, I'm a worm. I'm right. scum. I'm right. not worthy. Exactly. I'm horrible. And, and the heart when will those, out. And this is where faith really lives. Mm-hmm. That's it. Or, or, un- or unbelief. Right. And so if my heart can get the faith, if my heart can get healed to believe what my head is declaring, right. now we've got two agreeing as touching any one thing. Now we may get more traction Absolutely. on what we're agreeing for. Oh, and so, so true. So true. Absolutely. Now, Nate, you're in the process of formulating kind of a new arm, a new project, that is really unique and so needed. So tell us about that. Yes. So one of the things that a dear friend of mine and I are actually launching is a ministry called Dad's Can. And there's lots of dad ministries out there. So it's not like we're pioneering anything here, but what we're launching is through our own forged by the fire, if you will, process of how to take men from the point of a, of a divorce 
through to health and through to being, if they're a good dad, a better dad, if they're a better dad, a best dad, if they weren't a dad, what the heck am I doing? And how do I, how do I get myself together? My friend John has been through uh, divorce and the shredding of a family with children. You're aware I got blindsided by a divorce five years ago and devastated. Um, and, and now, you know, my friend is in a good, healthy new marriage. His children are grown to on their way to being grown minor, minor in kind of that mid stage. They're not quite little anymore, but we got going to have two teenagers next year in the house and one getting ready to be. And so we're in that stretch. And so John and I, we, we just feel like having gone through the fire, knowing that process have done some things probably could have been done better, but definitely I think he would say too, we both realized that, you know, the most important thing that we can do is work with what we have in our control, what we have in our realm to control. And that would be my own personal health Mm -hmm. and then the health of my kids. Statistically, it says that if a dad will stay in his kids' lives and not just kind of be there to pass money to them and all, but I mean, get in there and raise them just like he would have, or maybe even better now because of what's been lost, but get in there and stick to it with his kids. The statistics show that once they get through this and and they get into adulthood, Mm -hmm. there is very little difference between their success and the success of kids who don't go through a divorce. So while mom is necessary and I'm not taking anything away from mom, the statistics are very clear that if dads stay in there, if dads hold the line, if dads Mm -hmm. learn how to their kids' hearts be in there in ways that now they didn't have to be, but they do now, you know. Right. So dads John and I were, wanted to you were saying John so that dads wanted, can can braid hair. Dads yeah, can yeah. So help with John homework. and I wanted to have something that mm-hmm. was action forward that related to dads. So the whole idea is, you know, dads dads can braid hair. Yeah. Dads can make healthy meals. Dads yes. can learn how to hold their kids' emotional hearts. Dads, dads can be better individuals themselves, you know? So it's all about when you have this place of complete destruction, because I I, I don't think what most people realize is that when a divorce happens for a man, Mm -hmm. uh, while my identity is always in Christ, there are what I call layered identities Mm -hmm. as well. Sure. And one of those is, is, you know, if the dad cares at all, mm-hmm. then whether he's doing it right, whether he's doing it good, there is this sense of I, I'm the provider for my family. I'm mm-hmm. the protector of my family. I'm, and I've got this sense that I'm leading that and I'm making decisions. And whether I've done it right or not, that is in me. that identity and that worth and value is in me. When divorce happens in most states, Men get gutted like a fish by the system or quite honestly castrated, Mm -hmm. even if they want to be a part, even even if they didn't do the divorcing, which, oh, by the way, way more times now than half 
Uh, it is the women divorcing the men, not the other way around. And so that's a uniqueness all to itself. And in, in the last 10 to 15 years. So what John and I feel like now is we're at healthier places where now we can take what we learned, take what happened to us mm-hmm. and begin to help others. Yeah. And so, uh, and we're so just what, launching this. Yeah. We're just recording materials, mm-hmm. um, so that we can put things together, but we're really excited about that. We've been for probably two years talking about it mm-hmm. and, and we just somehow are right now at this place where we're just starting to do it. So that is so great. Uh, well, Nate, you have, uh, I can't believe we're at the top of our time. You have so much. Oh my goodness. We could just keep going. Um, you have so much to offer, you know, with your speaking and teaching and obviously the supernatural mind renewal sessions and then, um, sort of group coaching and then also this new dad's can that you're launching. And I know you're just in the process of doing that. And then also training. Big thing is training others facilitators to do supernatural mind renewal sessions and that kind of thing. If people want to contact you, what's the best way for them to contact you? Yeah. So they can go to my website. Uh, while the ministry is called the safe place, the website is in the safe mm-hmm. The safe place was actually taken by a place that makes physical safes. Oh. <laughs> um, so we couldn't get that. They wouldn't sell it to us. But yeah, if they go to www.inthesafeplace.com, they can see us there. I also have a web or a Facebook page for the safe place where things get posted. If they want to sign up for our newsletter, uh, they can do that on our website. You know, if they want to get a hold of me further, uh, again, they can contact us through the website. So it's been, uh, yep. Yay. Well, so wow. Such a treasure trove. I don't know. You are so dear, dear to me in ways that I can't express. I would get weepy. So I will just say I love you and I so appreciate you. Thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's, yeah. uh, I've been wanting to do this and we finally got to do it. We so did it. <laughs> I appreciate you having me. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, everybody, uh, check check Nate out. Go to the website. Oh, my goodness. Sign up for one of his Supernatural Mind Renewal sessions. You'll be so glad you did. Invite him to your to your church or your group, however that is, and just make sure you get to know him. Thank you for joining us and share this. Uh, other people need to hear this, need to understand kind of how we're wired and what's available for us. So awesome. Well, everyone, thank you for joining and have an amazing day. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.